You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Live at the studio of Worldwide Sports Radio. All right, let's go. It's the third and long show. And here's your host, Maddie Cavs. And welcome, everybody, to a brand new show of Third and Long here at the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You got myself, Mr. Matty Caps, along with my co-host, producer, and good friend, Mr. Speedy Petey in the house. As per usual, we have a lot, a lot of stuff to go over today. But, uh, Mr. Speedy Petey, how are you today, buddy? What's going on? Busy as usual. <laughs> Busy as usual? You, you got to elaborate a little bit. What, 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 what's going on in the life of Speedy Petey right now? Well... Driving everything like that, pretty much. All the the all, all, all the the good things that are needed. Yeah, well, yeah, that's why I say busy. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we have a lot of stuff that we're going to go over today. Uh, we're going to go over. Yes, I'm going to rip apart the Dallas Cowboys and Dak Prescott so, because it's so, so easy. Show. It's so easy. To rip them apart, so I will be doing that first. So uh, pretty much a normal show. Uh, yeah, uh, yes, basically a normal show. Uh, I'm going to be talking about Baker Mayfield and all that stuff with the Cleveland Browns because, Speedy, back when Baker Mayfield was drafted, who called Baker Mayfield was going to be a bust? This guy, I mean, it's still too early to tell, but I did call yeah, him. I would say it's too early to tell. I, I, I called him to bust. be a bust. Whatever. I called him to be a bust, and we're going to talk about him as well. And we're going to talk a little bit about the rest of the NFL, maybe the New York Jets and maybe the New York Giants, even though I really don't want to talk about either of them because they <laughs> both are absolute garbage going forward. But um, let's get into it right now. Oh, and then also what we're going to talk about, ladies and gentlemen, is Major League Baseball. The New York Yankees, they shocked me by sweeping the Twins. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the National League. National League has two Game 5s tonight starting at 5.02 Eastern time that we're going to get. We're going to get into those games. I want to talk a lot about the Houston Astros and what this means for the New York Yankees because you and I were talking about it before the show. So I'm going to have a lot to say about that. But Speedy, let's get into it right now and... Let's be real here. We're going to get into the Dak Prescott saga because Dak Prescott, I'm going to say this again to all the Dallas Cowboy lovers and fans and delusional fans because the majority of you are delusional. Um, Dak Prescott is not worth any penny more than $20 million per season. Dak Prescott will not ever win you a big game when it's needed, okay? He will not ever win a Super Bowl with the Dallas Cowboys, okay? I, th- th- there's just so much I can, po- I can really say about the Dallas Cowboys, but it does look like we have our first caller. I'm going to say it's Jeff from Tampa. I don't know. We'll find out. Who am I speaking with? It is not Jeff from Tampa. Oh, it's Mr. Errol Marks. How are you, buddy? What's going on, man? Hey, Speedy, what yeah. did I tell you about Tampa? Oh, come on, we man. We both picked Tampa. Why are you bragging at me? We, we, we both picked Tampa. We're not talking about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We're talking about the Dallas oh, Cowboys. we're talking here. about the Rays. Oh, the Rays. 
Oh, okay. But he forgot. I, he forgot. I picked Tampa too. <laughs> so. I, I told you, I, told, I, I think Tampa's going to win tonight, too. I really do. The series isn't tomorrow. over. They play, they tomorrow. play tomorrow. It's the two National League I, games I, tonight. I, I, that's right, that's right, that's right. They they play tomorrow, I, I travel day. I, I, I realize that now. But I, I, um, I picked Tampa to win the series. I picked St. Louis to win their series. That's where I we disagree, but to win their series too. I think the Nationals will win tonight, though. All the pressure's on the Dodgers, of course. I, and, we and, disagree on Cardinals Braves, but I do agree with you. If the Cardinals win, I think they'll beat whoever wins the next series. I do too. I think I I'm, I'm going to predict it again. I think even though I picked Tampa to beat the Yankees, if the Tampa Bay gets to the LLC, ALCS, mm-hmm. I told you, Speedy, I'm not going to pick against the Yankees. So right. it, I can see a Cardinals. Cardinals-Yankees, I could also see a Cardinals-Tampa, too. All right, well, fair enough. I had Braves-Rays in the beginning, and again, I agree with you. If the Cardinals somehow beat the Braves, I think they will beat the Nationals. So, Errol, Errol, away from baseball, because we're starting off with with Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys. I'm curious on what you think about Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys. Do you or do you not believe that he deserves that extension? And do you think he's a moron for not taking the extension to begin with? Because I do. I think right now, Dak Prescott is, is kind of in the middle right now. I think the fact that uh, in the beginning of the season, they were 3-0. and They played Nobody. really bad teams. Yep. And in the last two weeks, they haven't, really, they haven't really played well. I don't blame Dak Prescott because of that. Because if you look at his numbers, his numbers have not been bad. Yes, you're going to say he threw the ball in crap time. He still threw over 400 yards the first, last last week. And he well, I'm, I'm going to talk about the Green Bay game. Is when it when he threw yeah. uh, at the end of the game when they were down 31 to three. Anyway, when they had no choice but to throw. But I'm going to I I, I want to ask you though, like, uh, do you think he deserves an extension because they they lost to New Orleans without Drew Brees, and then you got then you go home. To the Green Bay Packers, who, yes, that defense is the best defense they've seen, Speedy, since they played the New York Giants. Am I right? They're way better than the Giants. No, no, no. The Green Bay defense is, this defense is better than what Green Bay had when they lost to the New York Giants. Oh, yeah. So you look at the, you look at that Green Bay team. Yeah, their defense is better, and yeah, their run game is better. Aaron Rodgers won that game, and Aaron Rodgers played like doo-doo compared to what he usually plays like. So what does this say about the Dallas Cowboys? And I'm gonna I, I I'm gonna say this. As much as I do want to blame Dak Prescott, because trust me, I'm gonna give you a statistic that I that you don't know about. Dak Prescott is half to blame for this, and Jason Garrett is the other half to blame for this. I'm not gonna put the blame on Kellen Moore, okay? I'm not gonna put the blame on anyone else besides those two. You wanna hear a funny statistic that happened on Sunday, Errol? On third down plays. Pass plays, okay, on third downs, Dak Prescott didn't complete a, He may have completed a pass. He didn't gain a yard on a third down pass play against the Green Bay Packers. Didn't gain a yard on a, on a third down pass play against the Packers. That is utterly embarrassing on third down pass plays that you can't even get a yard. That's bad. I, I understand when you look at statistics and you want to look at third yard completion percentage. Of course, and I hate stuff. numbers. You know me. I hate numbers more than and, anything. And numbers numbers mean a lot when it comes to sports because that's how you compare of a course. player to another player. Of course. But 
Do I think Dak Prescott deserves a contract? I do. Do I think he deserves the $25 million a no. year? He wants $40 million a year? <laughs> no, I think Dak Prescott is worth between 20 and $22 million. I'm saying, right? I'm saying 17 to 20 so we're right in the same vicinity of where Dak so, Prescott deserves. But I, I, I do think Dak Prescott has been, he's been better than he was last year. I think he's getting better as a quarterback. Do I think he's an elite quarterback? No. No, he's an average quarterback. Yeah, I think he's a middle-of-the-pack type of quarterback, between 16, 17, 18. That's where I think Dak is. What I love about Dak is is that when he gets into the playoffs, go look at what he does in the playoffs. His team, in the last couple of years, the couple of years that he's made the playoffs, and he's been three out of the two, three out of the, uh, two out of the three years he's been. Uh, he's only NFL won one player. playoff game. Right, but he played yeah, well in all three of them. He played he played well in every single one of the games. And I think when you look at Dak Prescott, his game level, his the way his game takes off in the playoffs, you can say you can't say that about Jared Goff. You can't say that about a lot of these young quarterbacks. You're, you're, you're talking to you don't have to preach to the choir. I hate Jared Goff. I don't think he's a good quarterback, period. I just no, think he fits that I'm, system. What I'm saying is is that Dak Prescott has taken his game to higher heights in the playoffs. And that's saying a lot when you talk about quarterbacks that are great in the regular season that don't really show up in the playoffs. So I, I think Dak could – I don't know. I, I listen to the Beeb, and Beeb says that he thinks Dak's going to win three Super Bowls in his career. Well, that, well that's that. your problem right there. No, he, no, he said three in a row. He said three in a row. No, he changed that to three. Oh, he changed he that to three, three after he got ripped apart. Yeah. Okay. But I think that when you look at Dak Prescott in his game, with the Dallas Cowboys defense, if they can improve what they what we saw last year, I absolutely believe they can win a Super Bowl. Now, the question is, the NFC has become more difficult. Mm-hmm. Their division's going to get better because the Giants are going to get better. I think Washington will get better because I think their their coach really didn't understand the strengths and the weaknesses of their team. And Philadelphia, obviously, we know how good they are. So we, we understand where that division is. And I can tell you right now, as far as where they are, I still think that the Cowboys are either the best or the second best in that division. I would say now, second. Yeah, they're the second problem, best. The problem is, is when you look at the NFC and the strength of some of the, the divisions and some of the teams in the NFC, that scares me. Now, I, I look at Dak, I look at this team as a whole, the Cowboys as a whole. I, I believe Ezekiel Elliott is still not at 100% because he didn't play any, any preseason games. He didn't do any OTA. Yeah, but, but, so, but apparently if he's working out and stuff, he should be ready to go because I heard he was in the best shape of his life. Matt, Matt, you, you know this. I know. Listen, you don't got to tell me. I do know. I knew he wasn't going to come in and be the Ezekiel Elliott of last year. Yes. I, I, I think it would, it's going to take him six weeks to really get going because if you think I, about it with preseason and all that stuff, that's what it takes for him to really get going. I, I agree. And I think even this week against the Jets, C.J. Mosley coming back. Williams it, now is is C.J. Mosley coming back? He's, he's definitely in? He's coming back. Okay. Well, that's going to help the Jets' defense, that's for sure. Uh, It came out over the last couple of days that the Jets had a private team meeting. Okay. Which uh, Le'Veon Bell led, and so did Jamal Adams, where uh, nobody was supposed to know it came out today, and a lot of the Jets and the organization did not want it to leak, and it did leak out somewhere or another. 
So I think the Jets are going to come out very strong this week. Sam Donald's coming back. I think the offensive line hopefully will play a little bit better. So I think the Cowboys are going to get a run for their money this week, being that they're going to be at MetLife Stadium. I think it's going to I, – I, listen, Tyler picked the Jets to win. I don't know if I'm going to pick the Jets to win the game, but I think it's going to be a little closer. I just don't like Luke Falk, to be honest close, with you. Well, yeah, close, low-scoring game. But I, but I think it's going to be a little closer than what people are thinking with the Cowboys and, and all that stuff. I think it is going to be a, a closer game and whatnot, but you're right with Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel Elliott's a shadow of himself right now. And it, it's even crazier when Ezekiel Elliott can't rush the ball. When he can't rush, Dak Prescott can't throw. When he can't rush over, I think if the statistic was like eighty-five plus yards or something, when De- when he doesn't throw, Dak Prescott doesn't throw over like two hundred and fifty yards or so, something, something asinine like that. But I look at Dak Prescott as a whole; he looked good the first three weeks against bad competition. Okay. But the last two weeks, it looks like he got a little bit exposed, and I'm intrigued to see him the rest of the season. Now, of course, he's on a contract uh, contract year because this is his rookie contract, and I personally feel he should have took the contract extension when offered to him, but he bet on himself, which was not the smartest move. I, I mean, listen, I understand it. I don't think it was the smartest move betting on himself, Okay. But Dak Prescott is going to have to do a lot more to convince Jerry Jones to give him the amount of money that he wants. Dak Prescott I, basically I, wants to be paid the highest-paid quarterback I, in the NFL. I think the, uh, what's going to prove everything has nothing to do with the regular season. If the Cowboys make the playoffs and they make a run, and Dak plays another uh, good, uh, try, you know, working hard and shows everybody that he can play in the playoffs and show that he can lead this team in the playoffs. I think he's going to get the contract that he wants. I, I really do. I don't yeah, but you know he 40. wants thirty-five plus million. He's not getting that. He's not, I, I don't think he'll get that. that right but, um, but 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 Errol, my question to you earlier was this: Do you think he deserves thirty-five plus million? I, I, I think whatever. I think whatever the the cap is for quarterbacks right now, everybody's going to say he deserves it. Now, I, I know he's not as good as Carlson Wentz. I know I understand he's not as good as Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady or any of those quarterbacks. But here's the thing. The league has transitioned, and we've said this about money, mm-hmm. yep. about CBA contracts and TV contracts, and I believe that it doesn't matter if he's worth that money. It's all about if he is at the right point, at the right stage, at the right um, percentage of where he is statistically on where quarterbacks are going to get paid that kind of money. And I think he's going to get somewhere between, even though I don't think he's worth more than $20, 22000000 million. I agree I with you. Get, I think he's going to get between 25 and $20 I think million. I think he's going to get paid. Yeah, I, you know what? You took the words right out of my mouth. I was going to say between 25 and 30, someone's going to pay him that amount of money, $28, yes. $29.5 a year. He'll be the second or third highest paid quarterback in the NFL. Not because he deserves it. Just, it's because... It's the going rate for quarterbacks. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 100% and I, and I agree with you. But you have to agree with this. Dak Prescott did look a little exposed over the past two weeks uh, with, the, uh, with his play that he's doing. Look, if, if, if the Green Bay Packers didn't sit and prevent defense and, and just coasted through the game... The Green Bay Packers outplayed the Dallas Cowboys every which way. They were able to right. do whatever they wanted without Aaron Rodgers having to do a thing. Aaron Jones ran all over the Dallas Cowboys. Okay, Dak Prescott got exposed to an extent, 
and it, it, it was it was really quite simple. I, I, don't, I don't think Dak Prescott's a good quarterback. I think he's middle of the pack to below average. I don't think he'll, he'll ever win the big game for them. It's, I, I, I disagree on that. I, I believe Dak can win the big game. I'm not worried about Dak winning the big game in the playoffs. Here's the problem. The Cowboys don't show up to games that they should be showing up to. You look at the Green Bay Packers going into the game. The Green Bay Packers are one of the worst run-stopping teams in the Especially NFL, inside, the Dallas Cowboys yeah. could not run against them. The Dallas Cowboys could not run against them. They talked about, well, the Cowboys the Cowboys were excited about this game because they want to prove that they can knock off a good team. Well, they got humiliated in that game. Yeah. On their, That's on the their perfect word to use. Humiliated is the perfect word to use. Thank you for using that word because it was humiliation. Well, they did. They did. I don't think Cowboys fans would admit to it. I think the beef would admit to it. He said, he's still blaming the refs for the losses. He's still blaming the refs. I understand. I understand when you look at the beef and you look at his, you know, he loves his team and he's a fan and he, he roots on his team and there's nothing wrong with rooting for your team. I root on the Jets every single week, even though they stink. Yeah. So it's, you know, you have to be a fan. You have to understand. But, but you're a realist, when you're a though, fan, when it comes to you, it, though. You've got to look at the big picture in two different ways. And I think the beef right now is looking at the Cowboys where he thinks that they're a Super Bowl contender. <laughs> what we saw the last two weeks against two really good teams is they're not a Super Bowl contender. Now, that could, could that change? Of course. In, in, in three or four weeks? It absolutely could. Absolutely. It changed many, many times in many, many different sections and many, in many different areas of the football Absolutely. world. Absolutely. 100%. Year in, year out. A team looks really, really bad in the first half of the season and then all of a sudden just takes off. So I think Seattle did it. How many years? Seattle's done it. You know, and Seattle's playing great football right now. So I, I, look at, I look at Dak Prescott. I look at the Dallas Cowboys. And the one thing that really starting to really kicked me off if I was a Cowboy fan, is their defense. This is a defense that everybody was talking about. This is one of the best defenses in the league. Top three defenses. Watch them play. Now look they're ranked like 27th defense. in the NFL look right now at, after the first all five the weeks. defense they're bringing up. Look at the front seven that they have. They overpaid for uh, uh, DeMar, um, Lawrence. Lawrence yeah. they, they overpaid. They've been overpaying players year in and year out, and especially their defense. And what did their defense do? Green, uh, against Green Bay at home is lay a lousy goose egg. I think they had and the same problem they had in the playoffs. It's more, more interesting to talk about than Dak Prescott. It wasn't Dak Prescott's fault they lost that game. It wasn't. No, it's it the refs, really according to delusional Cowboy um, fans. It, it wasn't really Garrett either. I think the problem was the defense couldn't stop a nosebleed. Well, yeah, they, well, really it's not happened. so much the nosebleed. They just couldn't stop the run any which way. Well, Again, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers didn't play well. Aaron Rodgers, mm-hmm. he went 22 for 34. He only threw for 238 yards. With all the times mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers so, demonized I mean, that team. He didn't play up to Aaron Rodgers' potential. It's just that Aaron Jones well, didn't need to. <laughs> was able to do whatever he wanted. He ran 19 times for 107 yards. He was able to do whatever he goddamn wanted to do. Rod- and that is on the front seven of the Dallas Cowboys. Aaron Rodgers yeah. demonized that team so many times that he got in their head. They overplayed trying to stop the pass with their linebackers. And Aaron Jones ran all over them. I don't think the Dallas Cowboys will ever beat Aaron, Aaron Rodgers as long as Aaron Rodgers is in Green Bay. Agreed. Ever. 
ever. It could be for the Super Bowl. It could be uh, just a regular season game. As long as Aaron Rodgers is there, as long as Aaron Rodgers is there, the Dallas Cowboys will never beat the Green Bay Packers ever. Ever. And, and here's another thing. Here's another statistic that people are not looking at. If you look at the Dallas Cowboys and look at what they did in the second half of the season defensively, their front seven did. The Dallas Cowboys last year in the second half gave up less yards, yet less running yards than any team in football last year in the second half of the season. The last six games, their defense shut down running games. Shut them down. Yeah, well, the they didn't shut them down, down this weekend. They made again made Aaron Jones and look that, like an absolute that, Pro Bowl first team all or whatever. He was unreal. Well, that's been the problem with and, the and that, run defense their whole and time. That, it's inconsistent. And, and when you said it, well, you blame you blame half on Dak and half on Garrett. No, 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 no. I blame eighty percent, eighty percent on the defense, and then the rest on Garrett and Dak Prescott. Because to me, it was all about the, what the defense couldn't do. It was not about the offense. It was about the defense. Yeah, but, but their if offense the couldn't do anything game. either, though. That's the whole thing. Like, your offense well, needs to stay on the listen, field listen. to give your defense a breather. But when, when you throw an interception every other possession, that doesn't help. Or even back-to-back Jones, possessions. All right. You can, you can all agree with me. Aaron Jones is a good running back, right? Yes, yeah. I think he's a very good running back, actually. Doesn't get enough credit. Uh, okay. Is he a top, a top eight running back in the league? No. no. All right, so we have seen this Dallas Cowboy team, especially last year, the same defense, the same defense last year, stop guys like Gurley, stop guys like Kamara uh, Ingram, yes. Elvin Gordon. Yep. I mean, they, we saw them stop defenses and, and, and great running backs, top five running backs like that, but they couldn't stop Aaron Jones. To me, that is the most important sign of what you saw on Sunday, it wasn't the quarterback play, and it wasn't the coach. But how much it of that is also defense. game planning against Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, but, 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 Errol, you look at their possessions in the first half. You want to know how the Dallas Cowboys' possessions went? Oh, I know, I know. Interception, punt, 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 punt. interception, punt, missed field goal, half. That's how their first half went. They were down 17 to nothing. It, 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 and, and it I, just I, wasn't again, for them. It just wasn't in and, the cards. And, and again, I think, yes, you, you want to blame some of the play calling on Garrett. You want to blame something on Dak Prescott. That's fine. I Defensive don't blame too. Dak Prescott on what that game was. I, I, I blame when we talk about defense. I'm, I'm not blaming about, him as a whole. I'm blaming him. I, like I said, those interceptions are not good interceptions. And you can't do that. In the first half, you can't go interception, punt, interception, punt, missed field goal, end of half. That's not going to win and you I, games. I, yeah, I, I was listening to Tyler's show yesterday with you on it, and I listened to Tyler says, well, we're the only ones that are always right, and I laugh at that. <laughs> he, always, he, he does I, that to I bother you, you know that, that right? He does that to get under your skin. What happened? He does that to get under your skin. Oh, I, I listened to it. I watched the show. I watched the whole show today. <laughs> I watched the whole show because I couldn't do it yesterday. I was at a meeting. Yes. But I, I will tell you this. Baker Mayfield, and, and I will go over this and over and this and over this, and I like Baker. I, 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 I like hate him. I coming out of the draft. But there were things about him that turned me off. Uh, agreed. And the way he talked in the offseason, the way he spoke about the Giants taking shots at Daniel Jones, laughing at Daniel yep. Jones. 
and, and saying that Daniel Jones, the Giants are going to regret drafting Daniel Jones, the Giants are going to regret getting rid of Odell Beckham. Who's regretting what? Because this team, this Cleveland Brown team that got eight or nine times better than they were last year are even worse this year than they were last year. And Baker Mayfield, uh, the guy that Tyler said was going to be a top three quarterback this year, by the way, is one of the worst quarterbacks in the league right now. What do you mean so, in the league? He's been in the. He, you want you want to know a funny statistic about Baker Mayfield that we, we that I've been looking at for all day uh, today? Really. Um, uh, some some statistics are is that he uh, has thrown 19 interceptions as a starter more than any other quarterback in the league. He has also thrown 6 of those interceptions in the fourth quarter, also more than any quarterback in the league. Well, I I will tell you this. I will tell you this. At the end of this season, at the end of this season, what the Browns and all the, the hype of the Browns and thinking that the Browns are going to win the division, the Browns are not winning the division. Baltimore Ravens are winning that division. Agreed. They're absolutely winning that division. And that division has turned out to be a terrible division this year with Ben Roethlisberger out for the season. Agreed. And you're looking at Baker Mayfield. Now, the Browns, even though the Browns are still the second-best team right now as far as talent is, in, in that division, that team's still not going to make the playoffs because there are other teams right now in front of them on, in different divisions that are playing better than they are. Uh, uh, listen, right you now, don't got to yeah. tell me. I, I agree with you. Right that now. AFC is a, a, the AFC is a lot better than what it has been in the past. In the top past? Heavy. In top the past? Top, it's always been no, top I think heavy. They just switch. I, 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 I agree with you. You, you, yeah. you think I it's think worse it, this year? It, I, I'm going to disagree. I think it's very top heavy. It's this might, Kansas City, this Patriots, be, Ravens, and Bill, Bills are be, a very good football team. Yeah, but be, they start off strong I, all the time and fall apart. I'm still not. Sold this on that might yet. be, and I'm going to go after this. This might be the easiest year for the Patriots to go to go to the Super Bowl this year. Mm-hmm. Well, That's everybody how, wants to see them play the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC Championship, and it's going to happen. And, and, I, and they will. They will. And I think, I think with Kansas City, what scares me about Kansas City is. I, I just don't think they have a running game. I, I really don't. I, I, as much as I like they brought LaShawn McCoy back or they brought him with Andy Reid, right. yeah. I haven't really seen enough to say LaShawn McCoy is back. He's still an injury. He still has a... He still fumbles the ball. He still turns the ball over. Well, he might need time also in the system to get it going again. Which is, you know what? Which is fair because it is his first year in Andy Reid. Well, no, no, he's dealt with Andy Reid. No, no, no. You know, it's his first. It's not his first time with Andy Reid, but it's his first time in like six years with Andy Reid. Yeah, but still, he's dealt with this coach before. He knows what's expected. Listen, head coaches don't really change for players. He he gets the players that he wants. But can can you admit that Andy Reid stylistically is different now than he was? When LaShawn McCoy was there no. in Philly, and also no. when he's still the same, he's still the same coach right, doing the same things that he did different. when he had Donovan McNabb and all these other type of quarterbacks in Philly and the other type of running backs. He's still doing what he's done his entire career. So no, I disagree with that. But he still has changed to some extent, though. I wouldn't well, say entirely. That's what scares me about Kansas City is not that I don't think they can compete with the Patriots, and in Kansas City the last two weeks, even the first. The first two weeks, I thought Kansas City looked really, really good defensively. The last two weeks, they haven't looked good defensively. And that scares me, too, because 
Spags is a new defensive coordinator. Yeah, absolutely. They lost, Andy they lost Houston. They lost Justin Houston or whatever his right. name was. They had a ton of new players, too. And, 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 yeah. But you know what? It's going to take a little bit for them to gel. And right. I, we were talking about this a little bit yesterday. Patrick Mahomes got a little bit exposed over the weekend against uh, the Indianapolis Colts. But again, you're talking about a Colts. A dunk, but huh? you were talking about a Colts team that if Andrew Luck was there, was one of the contenders for the Super Bowl because that offensive funny. line and that defensive line yeah, is it's, it's, absolutely it's amazing. Fun. It's funny that you brought up Patrick Mahomes because I, you know, how the beef says Dak is, you know, is as good as Russell Wilson. And oh, Andrew, he didn't say that, did he? All the, oh, he did. All that stuff. We're, you're, you're bringing up Patrick Mahomes, who has been exposed by a team last week. Patrick Mahomes is not even a question. The best quarterback right now in football. Uh, 100%. Right not even, and it's last, not even close. In, in the last two years, Patrick Mahomes has been the best quarterback in football. Numbers-wise, so, yes. So, it's, you know, you, you can argue your points, and I know there's Tom Brady fans and Aaron Rodgers fans. Numbers show you. And you're a big right Aaron Rodgers fan. You, you you think he's the greatest of all time. Oh, I do. No, I, I no, still think, in my yes. eyes, Aaron Rodgers, he does. Aaron Rodgers the is the, the, the best quarterback, all around best quarterback in football. Uh-huh. I'll say it again. Uh-huh. I still think he is. Okay. I yeah, yeah no, I know. I remember. He's been going on for a little but, while. Even with Patrick Mahomes there, I still think he is. But I, I also look at Patrick Mahomes. I'm not going to lie by our numbers. And numbers show you if the season were to end right now, Patrick Mahomes, is the MVP. Uh, easily. So, easily the yeah, MVP. So it's, you, can argue, you know, people can argue and say, well, this guy's better and that guy's better. There's nobody right now, nobody in the league. There's only two guys fighting. There's three guys fighting for the MVP right Russell now. Russell Wilson. The three guys, and I said it on my show. Yeah, Russell it's Wilson. Patrick it's, Mahomes. It's Patrick Mahomes, Christian McCaffrey, and Russell Wilson. Right. Those are Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, yeah, he, he has he has more yards total than the New York Jets offense has uh, the whole season. <laughs> I saw that well, statistic right now, and I was dying. Well, you can laugh at that, but you also have to look at they had a quarterback that played with Mono in the first game, almost won that game. Well, they should have won that game, one hundred percent. Agree. And 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 you you could tell that Sam wasn't right in the first game. I, I, I agree. I agree. You can tell that he wasn't healthy. I don't think Sam Donald should come back until week 10. Speedy, what did I say? What did I say the other day? You want to sit him out the whole year. I, 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 was, I listened to your show. I remember you saying I you don't think, think he should come much. back at all. Because that offensive I, line arrow is putrid. Absolutely I, putrid. That's exactly, that's exactly. Look at Andrew Luck. They're going to get him killed. Look at Andrew Luck retire at such a young age, at the age of 29. Yep. This is the guy, one of the great quarterbacks we've seen in our era. Absolutely. Okay? He's been one of the best quarterbacks in our era, and he retired at 29 years old, giving up almost $100 million to not play football. And he, this is a guy that had no offensive line for five or six years of his career, which hurt him. He hurt his shoulder. Three quarters of his body. career he didn't he have an offensive clean, line. He hurt his kidneys, everything. The guy's been aching, and this guy is talented, with even with, even with a bad offensive line. Yep. Now you have Sam. I would not bring Sam back because I know this offensive line is putrid. Mm-hmm. And what they're putting them, they're putting them in the line of fire. And what's going to happen is he's going to get hit. Maybe not this week, maybe not next week, but the week after, he's going to get hit, and he's going to be out for the season anyways and could be out for half of next season if they put him in harm's way. P- pending on, pending not- on what kind of injury, you're, you're 100% right. I can't even believe it. Errol and I usually like to argue and go at it, but I, I can't even I argue with Errol right now because he's 100% though. right. I would still give him some games, though, to learn that offense. Because, uh, you know what? Well, 
Maybe. The only thing, the only thing I love about the Jets right now is I think their run, they have the guy in place that I trust. Yeah, but, but you guy, don't. But you don't have I, an offensive line that, that like that's, that's hurting right. you. I have. I think that the Jets have a guy now that I trust that will build an offensive line. I believe that he will build an offensive line. I think he's a great talent evaluator. All this, all the different things that I've read about Joe Douglas is this guy's as good as any talent evaluator in the NFL. The guy knows how to find talent. He knows how to draft. He understands how to scout. He's got a great scouting, Defense, scouting team that he brought in from Philadelphia to come and work with the Jets. I trust that Joe Douglas will get this right. The question is, how long is it going to take? Now, I think the Jets could get rid of a lot of pieces. Leonard Williams will be gone this year. Uh, I believe Johnson Johnson will be gone this year. I think they'll keep Bell. I think they'll keep Mosley because they're cornerstones of the team. they got Quinn and Williams there. I think this could be a quick fix if they can find offensive linemen. Right, they but then you're creating more holes on defense. They need a left tackle in the draft. They need a left tackle that's going to protect Sam for the next 15 years, 14 years. They need a kid that is as mean as Quinn and Williams. When I, when I watch Quinn and Williams um, on, Sunday, on Sunday Night Football against a very good defense, very good defense. Now, Kansas City is not a great defense, but they're a very good defense. He was pushing, the every, he was pushing offensive linemen when they were in the red zone all the way on the 10-yard line to the, to the end zone. To the goal he line. Them. Yeah, but listen, team. you don't got to talk about Quinn and Williams. I love Quinn and Williams. But this is, this is all you, so you're saying you want to find a guy with the Quinn, attitude uh, of, of, of Quentin Nelson from the Indianapolis Colts, who cracks back on every single person when he, when they do a trap play or whatever. He kills any nose tackle or nose guard that's over there and puts them on their ass, basically. Quentin Nelson is going to be the best lineman in, in the next decade. He already is. He already He's is. the best guard in, in football, and I, it's not I even think close. He's the best lineman in I think he's the best lineman in football, and I'm going to tell you why he's the best lineman in football. Because look at what that line was before he wasn't there. And now look at him. It changes. The it changed the whole dynamic. A Absolutely. A mean SOB that every time, watch the games, watch him play. Every single play, after a play, he's going up to the players and he's talking crap. He, I see one of his offensive linemen get knocked on his ass. He's running to his, his defense. That's what you want. You want a leader. You want a guy that's not afraid of nobody, that will get into somebody's face and tell them that they'll F themselves. That's what you want. And he's that guy. He's mean. He's great. He's fun to watch. And you want to know something? I'm happy with Sam Darnold, but if the Jets didn't get Sam Darnold, I would have drafted Quentin Nelson because, to me, he is easily, right now in my eyes, the best player in that draft. Easily the best player in that draft. It's not even an argument. Saquon Barkley... Dan Bartles, uh, this guy, that guy. He was the best player in that draft. Yes, and, and right now it's tough to think otherwise, but Quentin Nelson is surely showing he's definitely the best guard in the NFL, and he's definitely up there right now for the best offensive lineman in the NFL. But uh, yeah. again, the Jets do need someone with that type of attitude and that type of talent and athletic ability to go out there and do that. Because again... You don't want another Andrew Luck type of situation. They better build that offensive line because I'm going to tell you, that offensive line looks extremely, extremely, extremely bad. Well, this year, and I'm, I'm going to get off right after this because I, I know other people are going to call in and I'm sure you want to get off this topic. 
I will tell you this. Next year, there's a couple of offensive linemen that are going to be available in free agency that the Jets are going to have to look at. Especially They're going to have guys, to look at. Yeah. And they need, and they, all they need, really, is they, all they really have to do is get a left tackle in the draft and bring in a left tackle or a right tackle to move on the other side, and it will solidify that side of the line. They can always click this guy in and click this guy in in the middle of the, in the, middle of the line. Well, you I need a really we, good center. Because that's the yeah, most important. That's the mo- that's the most important position on the offensive but line. Keep that in mind. But centers you could also wrong. get later in the draft too. I know, but just I, yeah, keep in I, mind, I centers think, are the most important position on the offensive line. Yeah, but line. I, I think I think the Jets. I think Harrison would be fine. He, Sam likes him. I think Sam likes him, and I think I think put the kid in and let him play over Khalil. He played better than Spencer Long did in the second half of the season, and Sam said he grew great, great chemistry with him. I put Harrison in that center. He's still a young kid. He played for a D1 school. He, he, was a, he, he was a touted, he was a touted a center coming out of draft. He wasn't a top two, three-round draft pick. I think he was a fourth-round draft pick. Yeah. But, I think he was also listed as a guard, a good too. Player. And, I, and I think that he has chemistry with Sam, and Sam really likes him. So if you can get yourself a top-end left tackle in the draft – and you and then you bring in a free agent, a top right tackle, or even bring in a left tackle. Move your rookie to the right tackle position for right now, and get a left tackle. Move, bring, bring in a top left tackle and put him on the other. You solidify both sides of your line I, in two, two, one pick and one move. Errol, I know you were talking. So, on it's your easier show said in, than done, my friend. I know, you know you, that. I know you were talking about your show about Jack Conklin. I think that's very much still a possibility too. I think that's going to happen. And you want to know something? It's so funny you say that because Joe Douglas and, and, and Joe Douglas is, is he is his whole thing is when they got when he was went up and he and they said, well, what are what are your plans for the Jets? He says, well, I grew up and I grew into this position, understanding the only way you're going to win championships is building around the line of scrimmage. Great offensive line, great defensive line. I, I build offensive lines. I help build that Philadelphia offensive line. I help build that Chicago offensive line. And I was a big part of the Baltimore Ravens on how they built that offensive line. The Bears' line's not great, but the other two, yeah. Of championships. Those two-time, two-time champions. So this is a guy that's won three Super Bowl rings. He was a big part of their scouting team. And this guy knows how to find talent. So I believe Coughlin... Being that he's there, Coughlin is being, he's there and he's, he's going to be a free agent. He's not re-signing with Tennessee, and it looks like Tennessee is not going to give him the money he wants. I can absolutely see the Jets, you know, get rid of, they're not going to pay, they're not going to pay um, Williams. They're not going to pay Williams. Mm-hmm. And Williams wants an $80 million contract. I think they're going to take that money and invest it into a big-time left tackle. And I think that's what the Jets are going to do. They're going to protect their young quarterback. That, well, that's what and they're going to need to do. Yep, that's what they need so. to do. But, Errol, thanks All for right, calling, guys. bro. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that was Mr. Errol Marks, the CEO, the El Presidente, owns, has his own show. Uh, down to the wire with Errol Marks and Speedy Petey, usually after my show. That was a very good call. I can't believe I even agreed with Errol. Usually him and I, we, we, we disagree. But you, so you would sit him out the whole season? I, it would something I would have to think about, pending on I, his, I don't know if I would do the whole season. I on his healthy, but, but again, Errol was right because that offensive line is god-awful. In one twist, one turn here, he could be out half of next season, pending on the injury. But ladies and gentlemen, we are going to go to break, and when we do come back from break, 
Baker Mayfield talk coming here live at the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You, you, you are listening to the Third and Long Show, and here's your host, Maddie Cavs. One eight seven seven nine zero nine 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 seven seven is the number to reach us here at the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is Third and Long. I'm Maddie Cavs, along with my co-host, producer, good friend, Mr. Speedy Petey. And we now have our second caller of the day, Mr. Jeff from Tampa. Jeff? Maddie, why, why do you do this to me? <laughs> what did I do, bud? Why do, you do, why do you entertain him? What? Why do you entertain him? I mean, I agreed with he, a lot of stuff the, Errol said. Buddy, he's the beeb of the New York Jets. <laughs> Well, that well that stuff I I, I it, it took I a lot that because far. He, he didn't he, say Sam Darnold's going to win three straight Super Bowls. Yeah, that, that's he's true. Been, he's been telling me right. He, he calls me after every Jets loss. He called me complaining the other night when the you know a couple of weeks ago when the Jets were getting the doors blown off. You know, and for years he's been going, oh the Jets they're only a quarterback and a couple of pieces away. They're not. Which was fair at certain and, times, but not now. Well, that offensive so, line but, needs to be fixed. Right, but I think right, but, I think what Errol was referring to is when the offensive line was pretty good and they just didn't have quarterback and skill players. But but here's what you're missing with the whole thing, right? The Jets are so terrible, and their fan base doesn't realize this. This is where the bead comparison comes in because they're so delusional about this whole fact, right? The Jets are so terrible that they backed up a whole truckload full of money to Kirk Cousins, and Kirk Cousins was like, nah, nah I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> right? They backed up a whole truckload of money to Anthony Barr, and he was like, yeah, let me sign that. And he slept on it, and then he was like, what was I thinking? And I'll see, like, I'll nah, see you later. I'm I'll see good. you later. Yeah, I'll see you later. Right? You're talking about, like, no one wants to go there. Only the most selfish person on the planet that just wanted money in Le'Veon Bell wants to go there. But even Le'Veon Bell didn't get the money he wanted either, though. Right, but it was obviously more money than anyone else was offering him. That's why he took it. Yeah, I mean... Yeah. But no one in there, right? So when he's, like... Opining for oh we're going to get Ty Conklin next year yeah yeah, yeah. he's gonna, oh the Jets are going to go out and they're going to go what makes you think those guys want to go to the Jets like they're not going to have better options well the Jets have pay, paid people historically I don't think that's really an issue it's just a Nate, matter Nate, of Nate, Nate, it's it's all about Nate. the money to these players they don't care about winning or anything of the sort if 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 they I, get the oh, money but, they want they're going to go there <laughs> it happens though Matt it happens. Because the Vikings' offer wasn't more money than what the Jets offered. He took less to stay home. A lot of it has to do with money. But let me tell you something. If someone comes up with a million dollars, Speedy, you're, you're, you're the rain man. Name a team out there that needs a, a, a left tackle. That needs a left tackle? The Cleveland Browns. Or what? Bad. Left tackle or left guard? Huh? Oh, Conklin's a right tackle, but I think he can play. Oh, right tackle. tackle. I'm sorry. Name a team out there that needs a right tackle. The Cleveland Browns. <laughs> Cleveland Browns. Would the Cleveland Browns be a better or worse situation than the New York Jets? Football-wise. Just uh, football-wise. Football-wise, I would say slightly better. Slightly better. Well, the, the Browns have an edge all of a sudden over the Jets, don't they? A little bit, Yes. Absolutely. I mean, they're not the brightest Every front team offices out there, either. You though. don't think that there's going to be another team in the league that might want Ty Conklin to play right tackle, that if they offered him, I don't know, maybe a million dollars less, he'd be like, do I want to get my skull kicked in with the Jets, or do I want to pretend like I want to win? 
Well, the Browns, well, of course. Wait, the Browns wait, aren't when the brightest you, either, though. But, but you know what? When you put it like that, Jeff, that's different. When you're talking about $1 million, $2 million differences, sometimes it doesn't matter to these guys. But, but when you're talking about millions and millions, it's completely different. And, and if he wants to go to coaches that he's dealt with already or that Conklin's he liked. Gonna be, but Ty Conklin's going to be one of the better linemen available in free agency. There are going to be multiple suitors for Ty Conklin. Jack I, Conklin. Listen, I agree. Jack Conklin. I, I, Jack Conklin. Yes, I, I could not agree with you more. There are going to be multiple suitors for him. Right, so, and it's so going to come down to money what regardless. The factor is going to be. Money. You tell me what Money. Right. To an extent. Nope. I think it's going to be money every which way. Well, if he struggles, though, like he has this year, he's going to lose some money. I think it's going to be money every which way. But he's going to be a top guy that people, multiple suitors are going to be out there. So the money isn't really going to be an issue. There's going to be so many similar offers, years, and money kind of thing. Because he's a top guy, so he's going to get paid as one of the top players. There's There's a bracket for that. You can see what other top right, uh, right tackles are making, and he's going to get in that ballpark. Now you tell me, do you want to play right tackle for the New York Jets, or do you want to go and play right tackle for, I don't know, the L.A. Rams? Oh, well. Well, the that, Rams don't need, they don't need off, uh, tackles. No, but Jeff, Jeff is figuratively Jeff is, speaking, uh, yes. The Rams need interior line more than they need tackles. Whatever. You know what I'm saying. Yeah, no, listen. You know, name, name a worse football situation in the league Okay, Miami, and then pass that. What's a worse football situation in the league than the New York Jets? The Washington Redskins. <laughs> Oof, maybe? Yeah. Offensively, yes. Yes, on defense. Their offense doesn't have, besides the running game, doesn't have much talent at all. They still got something there. What, I mean, what do the Jets have? Quinn and Williams, uh, Jamal Adams, maybe, maybe Sam Darnold, if the swelling in his spleen goes down. Yeah, no, you're, you're right. And, 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 and again, on Washington and one, it, I'll tell you what, Errol thinks closer than the Jets are. The one thing that I, I, I did agree with a lot with Errol today, but he thinks it's easy to do a quick fix like he was saying, and it's not easy well, to do to things like extent, that. to some extent he's right because football is the sport with the quickest fixes. Yeah, but, but, but with what, how much stuff the Jets need? It's not going to be a quick fix for them, and it's showing this season. Right, but a lot this of... season they had playoff implications with adding uh, – uh, Le'Veon Bell and getting C.J. Mosley and paying those guys. Sure, but there's also a difference between having a lot of holes and a difference and and having extreme holes like the Jets. Speedy, you and I, you and I spoke about it yesterday. Well, on Tyler's show, in order to win football games, where are the football games won on the field? Pass rush, quarterback, and trenches, now baby. You're, you're down in the trenches, the offensive line and defensive line. If you don't have an offensive line and defensive line, it is very, very tough to win football games. Well, teams have one with average offensive lines, but you just can't have a horrible one. No, but, but, but that's what I'm getting at. And the Jets right now, that offensive line is absolute garbage. Hey, it reminds me of the New York Giants in the past few years, what the Giants offensive line looked like. And don't get me wrong, the offensive line for the New York Giants is better this season. They're right in the middle of the pack instead of being the last five as per usual. But, but here's the thing, does the Jets even have a single starting offensive lineman that, you, that you're like, man, I'd love to bring him back. Kalechi Osemele, I would say. I don't think there's anybody. On, I, don't, I don't think that there's anyone on the Jets' offensive line that could really say, like you said, Jeff, that yeah, I want him to come back and be my starting such and I such. There's Kalecio no one that Samuel scares me on that offensive line. You think so? But that's what I'm saying. Yeah. They need five guys. 
teams are in trouble. I don't know five because you're right. I it, would it, say three. I, I, I would say three, too, because I think there are one or two guys that can really I think Ryan Khalil would really give another chance. Conjure up three people that are proficient no, but, 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 but that's the Nobody point. Nobody said but that's magically. It, again, it is going to be hard because it is a tough uh, position to fill just because a lot of other teams do need it. But again, if it's, uh, if it's a priority to solve over something else, like a defensive player or receiver or something like that, they'll do it. It just depends on what priority they're going to take. Are they going to spread out the assets? Are they going to go all in on the offensive line? Are they going to go all in elsewhere? That's just going to be the question with any offseason. Because the Jets, I, have I, here, a, the, the Jets have a lot of extreme holes, but they don't have a lot of holes in comparison to some other teams. Here's the other thing that's just classic about Errol, because he loves to take a dig at the Patriots every time, right? Like, this is his favorite thing. He can't he help goes, himself. Oh, it's not a dig. It's just where he goes, oh, the Patriots every year, they have the easiest path, right? Medicaps, name me the top three teams in the AFC. The top three teams in the AFC right now? The New right England, now. The, New, the New England Patriots are sure. number one. The Chiefs are number two. Yes, they are. And number three. I, I would I honestly would have Ravens. to say Baltimore Ravens, Ravens or the Houston Texans Ravens. at the moment. Oh, Ravens are a lot better than Texans. You are absolutely incorrect. The number three team with the second best defense in the league and a four and one record mm, is the Buffalo no, Bills. Buffalo stop. Bills, yeah. The Ravens listen, are better. I, I, I think you're, now you're going you by statistics. Ravens, I think the Ravens overall are a better team than no, the Buffalo they're Bills. They're a much statistics. better they're team. They're four and one versus the Ravens being three and two. Okay. And by the way. Buffalo has the second-ranked defense okay. in the league. If, Agreed. Right? If Behind Tampa Bay, who somehow okay. has number one. If the right. Titans don't miss right. four field goals, they're three and two. Yeah. Stop. <laughs> Terrific, but they did. But they did miss okay. it. And, and listen, Jeff. But that's I, an anomaly I, I, that doesn't happen all the time. I, I, well, this year it's been happening happening a lot. Go look, missing go four look, field goals? Go look at the Dallas Cowboys. Right. Brent right. Maher Cowboys missed, did not miss four field goals. I'm figuratively speaking about the four. I'm talking about like two, three in a game and stuff like right. that. Fine, you don't like the Bills at three. What are they, four? Yes, Bill, Fine, Bill, Bills would be four. they're not better than the Ravens. I think so, the Ravens are so better. Two out of, so two out of the top four teams in the AFC right now are in the AFC East. Well, right now, How but are we going to say that by the end of the season? Right, we the don't Bills are know. Historically Buffalo, a team that starts Buffalo strong. looks pretty real. But Buffalo listen, Buffalo real. does look very good. I'm going to take nothing away from it. Buffalo looks very good. Now, if they could just build around uh, Josh Allen some more and get him another weapon or two on the offensive receiving-wise... I think they'll be even scarier, but he has to get. But, but they, but you have two of the top four teams in the same division, which happens to be the. And yes, the Jets stink, and yes, Miami stinks. But guess what? Go around every other division and look at the bottom two teams in every division. What are you going to tell me? The Bengals are better than the Dolphins? Mm, yeah, they, yes, they are. <laughs> They're definitely better Man. than the Dolphins. I mean, are they? Have yeah, you seen they the Bengals are. play pretty. The, the Bengals, Bengals lost last week to the, the Arizona Cardinals. The Bengals on. lost by one point to Seattle in Seattle. That's not a bad loss. The Bengals lost by, I, what was it? The, okay, well, the Dolphins put up a fight for at least a half against the Cowboys. That's who, I mean, Yeah, the Bengals put up know. a fight for the whole game. <laughs> There's a difference. But what I'm saying is you have two of the top four teams in the same division, and the other two teams are putrid, but the bottom two teams in every division have been putrid. Are you going to sit there and you know tell me that, that you know the AFC West is completely stacked? No, they're de- no, the AFC West has been very disappointing besides the Raiders. I mean, the South might be the best top-to-bottom division. But the right. North, dude, who's good, the in the, South, who's good in the North? The South is always the division that is well-rounded, but they always have teams that underperform, and they switch off But who's so good much. in the North besides the Ravens? Who's good? Right now, nobody. 
Right now, nobody. I still will give Cleveland a chance just with their talent. It just depends on their coaching. Um, I'm going to say Cleveland no because that brings me to Baker Mayfield. And, Jeff, what do you think about Baker Mayfield and his numbers so far this season? Keep in mind, Baker Mayfield against over 500-type teams last season, he was 1-5. and five. Are you still on the Baker Mayfield bandwagon? Because I know for a very long time you have been. Uh, I, I want you to. I want you to slow your roll there, Matthew. You want me because to slow my roll? If you go back and no, no, yeah, oh, one hundred percent. Because I loved Baker in college, and I said to you, I wasn't sure about him as a pro, and you laughed at me all last year. You said, "How do you like him now?" He's lighting it up. Well, in a second. No, 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 no. I never liked Baker Mayfield. I never ever complimented no, 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 no. Baker Mayfield in anything on this no, show. But you were mocking me because I liked him as a college player, and I said, I'm not sure he's going to be a successful pro. Did I not say that? You were on the bandwagon towards yeah, the end of last season, ever, Jeff. He ever was that high on him as a pro either, though. I, I, he I, mean, knows. I mean, listen, I think Baker Mayfield is very overrated. I think he's Johnny Menzel except sober. <laughs> um, I don't think, and what was that one you saw today? He was He's Tim oh, Tebow he's, without he's Jesus. Tim Tebow without Jesus. Um, <laughs> I mean, he, here's the thing. All of the reasons why I was questioning Baker Mayfield are showing out of college. Are, coming, are right now the reasons why. They really are, though, because when I was like, I'm not sure he's tall enough. Or I'm His decision-making. Sure yep. Right, like NFL players are chasing him down with ease, mm-hmm. right? And it, to me, it looks like he, he isn't seeing over the line very well. Right, and his medium and deep accuracy. And it also doesn't help that his offensive line is the worst in the, in the, in no, the NFL. No, they think, yes, they think he's not getting any help there for sure. But I think that, like, you know, when, when, when professionals who do it for a living look at players, you know, especially quarterbacks, and they go, we want a tall guy, we want this. There's a reason why they want those players. There's a reason why the Russell Wilsons and the Drew Brees are anomalies. Yeah. You know? Of course, and those guys are are anomalies in every which way. They really are, though. And I think that you're seeing some of the height struggles right now with Baker Mayfield because I truly don't think he's seeing the field very well. Which, you know what, very well may be right, but he's, his decision-making is not good right now at the moment. Like, I'm sorry, he had two interceptions and only threw for 100 yards against a 49er team. Who the 49ers are shocking everybody because conceptual football nobody team. thought the 49ers would be 4-0 at this time in the NFL. I'm sorry. I mean, by the way, just, just to throw this out there, too, because the Patriots think so much. Did you know the quarterback Wolf Pack is now a combined 12-2 and in the league right now? You said that, you said that yesterday, perfect. yes, I know. Tom Brady, perfect. Yep. Yeah, the Wolf Pack. Two. Jimmy G is playing very good football. He's playing very, very Jimmy good football. Jimmy He's playing very, very... That's what it is. <laughs> He's, that's, that's what it is, you know? And, and Errol loves to tear down the ball. They got it so easy. Name another division. No, he likes the, the 49ers. He likes the 49ers. Name another division in football, in any division in football, that has the number two team that's as tough as the Buffalo Bills. The NFC West. <laughs> the Seattle Seahawks. They're a better yeah, team than the Bills, are huh? They are. They yeah, are a better a team than the Bills. You'd have a point that's pretty good, and that's the only team. Uh, that you NFC can North, I would say. So I mean, too. could could you would, say it about the Rams? The Rams NFC are a better North, team than the Bills. NFC North, I would say too. I would trust Minnesota too. I mean, I'm just saying. You know, he likes the crap on the you know the AFC East, but let's be honest, the Bills they're pretty tough. Yeah. They are. They're just a very weird team. They have to rely a lot on their defense in order to do it, and they've won a lot of strange games this year that they might. I mean, not that's win great. Later on. Like sometimes teams just win with defense. Do we do we take away from the Chicago Bears when they had Rex Grossman as their quarterback because the defense was outscoring? I was offense? worried about them that no. year. I was. You were like ten. 
I was worried about them that year. <laughs> I was 12, yes. You were 12 years old and who was worried about <laughs> I them. I was worried about them that year, though, because, again, sometimes those kinds of identities are not necessarily but sustainable. And the, the Bears defense – agree, but the Bears defense that year was also maybe the best in that decade kind of thing, but maybe outside I mean, of the Ravens. Right, but, but here's the thing. Buffalo's a number two defense. You know, and, and you're going to call me Homer, and I get it. But go and look at what the Patriots did. They're number two to the Patriots. Look at what the Patriots are doing this year. Seven nothing a, in the top of the first inning. All their, Holy they're breaking crap. records right now. Seven nothing in the top of the first inning and only wow. one out. Wow. Who's winning? The, the Cardinals. Cardinals. Top of the first. first. Seven wow. nothing. Wow. Yikes. Yeah. Big O. But, you know, but the Patriots are breaking ref- records so far with their defense. They really are. And so the Buffalo Bills are second to a record. The reason why nobody talks right about the New England Patriots is because they're there every single year, and they're winning every single year. No, but I'm saying that Buffalo defense is a lot better than people think, though. A lot better. Than uh, agreed. Think. Well, I, I think the Buffalo defense is finally being talked about after the first two or three weeks that they had. They, they're finally being talked about. That Buffalo team is they're going to be... They're not allowing a lot of points. Go and, go no, I, you don't got to tell me. I knew their defense was going to be much, much better this season. I knew it. Their defense was going to be outstanding this season, actually. I knew this was going to happen with the Buffalo because so they just like kept getting better. Oh, Patriots, they have it so easy. Here's another thing about... Just to crap on Errol some more. Here's another great thing. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes. Everyone's like, oh, he, he's, he's the best quarterback in the league. Really? Stats are wonderful, but don't you have to win a big game? Fair. Yeah, but that's kind of unfair, too, because most of the quote-unquote big games he has played in so far, like the, the top opponents, the uh Why the is it unfair? They were the number one seed last year. Here, why is here's it unfair? Why. Here's why. A lot of those games, he came back and either tied or take the lead before the defense blew it after that. It happened to the Rams. It happened against the Seahawks. It happened against the Patriots both times. He tied the game, and then Tom Brady led a game-winning drive both times. A lot of the games that he's played in that last year have been like that. And even the close games this year, he did. look at what he did to Jacksonville, that defense, the Ravens, that defense. Those were close games the he Jacksonville won. Jacksonville defense. Do you remember what the Jacksonville defense was last year? They were fine. They were just on the field so They were much. awful. They, they were, were not one awful. Of the worst in the league. They were not awful. They were on the field so much. Because their offense was awful. Awesome. They ranked as like one of the worst defenses in the league. Mm, no. So back to this Baker Mayfield instance. What do you think about him and Richard Sherman? I mean, I, I mean it's very clear Richard Sherman is just a pompous asshole. Yeah. Right? Like, if that had been... Someone else accusing Richard Sherman of that, you know, everyone would be, oh, why, why are you doing right? Like Richard Sherman was proven to be a jerk. Like he should have never said that. He got caught, you know. And, and it's funny because why would anyone make up anything like that? There's so many cameras around a football field. You don't think so, someone got that on film? I mean, it was he was proven wrong within ten seconds of saying it. Mm-hmm. No, you're right, and, and 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 it's just crazy to see. But I'm not a big Baker Baker Mayfield fan, and I just think uh, his time is. Uh, I, I mean, obviously he's still young, and the Cleveland Browns are going to still get, stay with him and well, whatnot. You know, the, the sophomore slump thing is a real thing. The sophomore slump, a hundred percent, recover from it. I mean, I'm not, you know, putting you know, digging the guy's grave as far as an NFL career over over a few bad games. Like, he's so young and he's got so but long But that talent go. on that team is, is second to none. 
And yeah, the offensive line is bad, but that defense is still very good. It's good, and, but and, there are some holes. Yes, uh, absolutely. But there's holes is, on every single team, to be honest. But what if the problem is structure? Which you, which you could be 100% right. It is the Cleveland Browns, and it starts up top with the owner and the general manager and the president of I football mean, they operations. Hired, they, hired a, they hired a coach who had never been a head coach before. What, you don't like Freddie Kitchens? <laughs> uh, listen, it, they took a gamble. So far, it's not working. Right. Freddie Kitchens right? is not looking good. No. Nope. I think the reason let why me, they let had Let me to- ask you a question, Matt. Let, let me ask you a question. Would you rather hire an unknown or a guy with a proven track record? Now, I don't care who that track record is. You could, you could throw out Rex Ryan. And I'd be fine well, with that. You it, it, it's funny you McCarthy. say that because we I was talking to Speedy before the show and we're talking about the garbage from Queens and their management that they're looking at and between like Carlos Beltran and Joe Girardi and Joe Madden and the Mets oh god, the garbage from Queens they're go <laughs> they're going after Carlos Beltran. Like they're really sitting down and they're really digging deep into him possibly being a manager, but I'm sitting there, I'm like, why would they do that when they have Joe Girardi and Joe Madden with proven track records? Or Buck Showalter. Or Buck Showalter with proven track records who have managed in the Major League Baseball season before. because well, the Mets are cheap. <laughs> and, and just never done it. Well, they're cheap. Right, the, the Browns, see, like, other teams that have gone with inexperienced coaches, like, let's just take the, the Dallas Cowboys, because I think they're a good example, right? Jerry Jones was like, okay, Jason Garrett, you're the head coach. But you know what they did? They paired him with Wade Phillips. Yeah, Which Wade Phillips <laughs> was is a longtime NFL guy. Wade Phillips could help him through that thing, you know. And it was a really good pairing for a while. There isn't another guy on that staff that's worth a damn in Cleveland. No, you're right. There isn't like a, a, a voice of reason there. That like there a isn't someone that, that has now. been there as a coordinator or whatnot. These are all unproven well, yeah. young guys. And also, a lot of teams are worried now that the coordinators are just as valuable as the head coaches. And Baker Mayfield, being that he strived in Freddie Kitchen's offense when he was a coordinator thinking that automatically translates into being a head coach. And so far, between the play calling, also being Jason Garrett-esque in Cleveland, and disciplinary issues with Freddie Kitchens, it's not looking good so far. And again, the only reason I think they did it is because if Freddie Kitchens didn't get hired by the Browns, I think he was headed to Arizona. So, But, but look around. Even, even McVeigh out in L.A., they stole Wade Phillips from the Cowboys and made him the Rams defensive coordinator. Broncos. Stabilizing longtime NFL voice that they, you know, a guy with experience that they paired with a young guy. They stole Wade Phillips from the Broncos, not the Cowboys. Yep. Well, whatever. Yeah, no, you're, Broncos, you're, you're, you're 100% right. But, Jeff, we do have to go to break and we have to get into a little bit of a baseball topic now. Do you want to stay on or are you going to get going? No, I'm, I'm done. It's just I don't know why you bother with Errol. Like, you know, him <laughs> and the Beef, they're two peas in a pod. They're both rowing the same boat. Like, Beef is so delusional for the Cowboys. All the refs screwed up. The refs, you know, and, and, you know, and forever it's always going to be the Jets are two pieces away. And it's just ridiculous. Man. Like, why do you give him the time of the day? Or just, I mean, he's just a waste of hot air, dude. <laughs> Jeff. I mean, that's what, that's what he is. He's a ball of hot air and hair gel. That's all he is, dude. <laughs> Jeff, thanks for calling. <laughs> Gentlemen, it's, it's always a pleasure. Speedy, I'm, I'm glad I hate someone more than you. It's, it's just, it, <laughs> you hate it's two just, people more than him. Oh, my God. Speedy, I used to think you were the dumbest person on the planet, but, you know, like, the more I listen to these people. Oh, I remember those days. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, you know, it's, 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 they grow them special out there on Long Island. I'm telling you, they grow them special out there, you know, and, and uh, sometimes it's hilarious. You know, you got characters like Tyler. He's kind of funny, you know. 
But, you know, I mean, Errol, jeez. Have you met two bigger homers than, than Errol and the Beave? <laughs> Jeff, thanks for calling, bro. Gentlemen, always a pleasure. Hashtag ban the Beave. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, that was Jeff from Tampa giving us his insight and his favorite hashtag of all time, ban the beef. <laughs> but now, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to go to a quick break. And when we come back from break, we have to get into some playoff baseball. I know people want us to talk about NBA and stuff, but we're not going to talk about NBA for at least another week or two. Um, but we will be getting into uh, Major League Baseball and the playoffs as the St. Louis Cardinals are up 10 nothing over the Braves in a deciding playoff clinching game. After the uh, top of the first inning. Congratulations, Errol. Looks like you were right. So we're going to get into that when we come back here at the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You, you are listening to the Third and Long Show, and here's your host, Maddie Cabs. One eight seven seven nine zero nine 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 seven seven is the number to reach us here at the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. And now, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to step away from the NFL and all the drama that ensues there. And we're Speedy, Petey, and I are going to get into a little bit of Major League Baseball. And Speedy, before I get into it, what did you think of the New York Yankees sweeping the Minnesota Twins? It was surprising because I thought that with the Twins' road prowess, the way they've played this year, I thought they would be able to hang tough and make it a series. I picked the Yankees to win, but I didn't expect it to be that quick. I think the the way the Yankees played in the second half of games, late in the games, they had a lot of big innings. They had a lot of innings where they were just building up runs, and obviously the bullpen did their job in all those games. The Twins could not hit the Yankees' bullpen with the exception of a little bit off Chapman the last game, but that was really it. And the problem I had with the Twins, even though like you were talking about the prowess of them hitting home runs, sometimes it seemed like they were just trying to hit home runs all the time and never were trying to actually build up an inning, string hits together, and you need that to win in postseason baseball. And the Yankees kind of forced them to do that, and I give them credit for that. The starting pitching was up and down, but... Tanaka was his usual playoff self, phenomenal, and everyone else did okay enough, I guess. Yeah, I mean, listen, the New York Yankees are, are, are a team to be reckoned with. I'm going to say something right now that I'm sure Errol Marks will not be too happy with, but the starting pitching still scares the crap out of me. They still scare me, okay? Um, Mashiro Tanaka is the best postseason pitcher right now. He's top five in all of baseball ever. I think it's like Sandy Koufax is number one with a .5 ERA or a .8 ERA. Mashiro Tanaka has a 1.54 ERA in postseason play. That is remarkable. And that is why I've always said Mashiro Tanaka should be our number one guy, but he's not, which is, you know what, whatever. But you look at the New York Yankees right now. I'm going to say this. They they still have a lot, a lot of ways to go. Um, you look at the New York Yankees going forward. Their starting pitching is what scares me, and James Paxton, who was unbelievable in the second half of the season, he didn't look too good in his only start in the playoffs this season. And Speedy, I'm going to say you're going to have to agree with me. Am I right? 
James Paxton was, didn't, didn't yeah, look he like himself. He wasn't great. He didn't get the win. He only went four and two-thirds, five hits, three earned runs. I mean, his ERA is 5.79. He did have 8K, so that is what it is. Yeah, I, I would just say he wasn't great. He wasn't bad. He was just somewhere in between. Uh, he had a rough start. He wasn't very good. He, he had a rough start, which, again, his first inning ERA we know about he had trouble with. But he, he settled in. He had eight strikeouts, like, a, like you were saying. And I still think that end of it was good, especially against that kind of lineup. Now, again, I'm going to still mostly blame the Twins. I think their approach to the postseason was not very good in terms of them just being way too much of a home run or nothing team. But James Paxton kind of knew about that. He, he associated that with the amount of strikeouts that they have, and he just kept striking guys out. So in that end of it, it wasn't bad. He still allowed some home runs. Okay. He settled in somewhat after that, and he battled enough. So it wasn't great. It wasn't wasn't bad. It was like somewhere in between. I'm going to say this. I, I, I know I'm very critical of my New York Yankees, and the pitching will always be something I will be very, very critical for uh, – for the New York Yankees, the starting pitching, but I was so shocked about the way the New York Yankees hit oh, in this postseason. Because if you look at the past few years with the New York Yankees in the postseason, they haven't been able to hit worth a damn when it really counted. And then in this postseason, I know they own the Twins in in, in the postseason. I think in twenty three games they've won twenty one or twenty games or something and knocked out the Twins every single time. The Twins don't beat the Yankees in the postseason, okay? But they, the bats look like they came along, and Glaber Torres is, he might be one of the best players in baseball now, and you give him, he's only 21 or 22 years old, you give him when he's 26 to 27, 28, he might be the, the best player in baseball at that time. That's going to be a long shot, but it's possible. It, it, it's a bold statement, but with the way he's playing right now, he is playing unbelievable baseball going forward. And it looks like we have our third caller of the day. Who am I dealing with today? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Snug the cat. Haven't heard from you in a little while. What's up, pal? Well, you were busy being mean to me last night. No, you were, mean, you were mean to me. No, I said you were excellent normally. No. You had one awful show, and that was not terrible. No, you were, you were mean to me last night. No, no. Just agreeing with Tyler does not equal being mean. <laughs> Tyler's an idiot. Tyler is a genius, and he's <laughs> underappreciated, and I think he should be uh, get more respect. <laughs> Tyler's an um, idiot. And but is he always right? He, he is 95% right. He's like in the Mikey C category. Oh, this is getting tough to listen to right now. What's up, Snug? I just wanted to call and say something horrible. Um, it pains me in my soul. I think the Yankees are going to win the World Series this year. Well, now the Yankees are screwed. No, no. I was going to ask if the mush had been removed from the city. Because (laughs) if you do want to win, you probably should send him anywhere else. (laughs) I would suggest sending him to Los Angeles or maybe even St. Louis. A lot of people think the L.A. Dodgers are going to lose tonight. Uh I don't think I think the Dodgers. I think they pull it together enough for this. I think the Dodgers were exposed in this series to a point. And so, do you think they'll lose think, to the Cardinals? I don't know. The Cardinals uh, had a really, really good first inning. <laughs> they've already put in, they've already put in the defensive replacements. Um, I've already lost some nachos on this game. So. <laughs> I think the Braves too. So I'm not the brightest one either. <laughs> uh, although the Braves are threatening. So, no, they got out of it. They got out of the jam. Oh, did they get out of it? Yeah. Okay. 
But, uh, you know, I, I was more concerned about the mushery because even though I hate the Yankees with all my heart and soul and would love nothing more than horrible things to happen to them, I do love some of the people who love the Yankees, including yourself, Maddie. Well, you got to love me. So I was just hoping that you would run the mush out of the city. You know, I haven't seen him on in a while, and I do appreciate that. <laughs> he's only I been on one show since we moved to the new spot. Yeah. So we'll, we'll, well, we'll see what's going on. Well, probably got lost. He's kind of like Rain Man, like he figured out where the one studio was. He's probably still there if you want to go pick him up. He's probably wandered back there. He's probably <laughs> sitting there wondering why no one else is there, but you'll be there soon. <laughs> but I think you were right. I think the Yankees' bats are coming to life at the right part of the year. And it's, you know, it's, it's what playoff baseball is often about. Because none of the teams in the playoffs this year, it's not like last year where you had the Red Sox and the, and the Astros were both really, you know, dominant teams at the right time. Everybody's got something good and everyone's got something bad in this mix. And it's sort of like who can mitigate, like the Yankees starting pitching, can they mitigate it enough that their bats are really lively right now? And, and, and that's the shocking most- to me because if you look at the past two or three years in the playoffs, they've been god-awful, they fell asleep and all that stuff. But still, the New York Yankees starting pitching, besides Masahiro Tanaka, because again, he's top five all-time in postseason ERA and pitching, and his whip is under one, it, I think it's point eight. Uh, his whip, he's a, he's a top five greatest pitchers of all time in the postseason, according to numbers. Their starting pitching besides Masahiro Tanaka scares the crap out of me. James Paxton did not look good in, in his first postseason start. Okay, Severino. Severino actually actually did okay in my eyes. I mean, for coming back from injury and getting out of that bases loaded, nobody out or one out jam that he was in, that really helped me. But Snug, let me ask you this. Who are the Yankees the biggest winners after the Tampa Bay Rays defeated uh, the Astros to force a Game 5? You know, God, that's so hard because the Astros... But again, here... here, Go ahead. They can really turn it on. And when they do it, I mean, it's a light switch turn. But here we go. And right now... How can the Yankees be winners? How can the Yankees be winners if the opponents haven't even been determined yet? I mean, the Tampa Bay Rays could easily win Game 5, and Speedy tends to think that the Tampa Bay Rays are going to win Game 5. If the Astros were to advance, the pitching matchups will be completely lopsided. There won't be Justin Verlander taking the mound for Game 1 of the ALCS because he insisted on pitching Game 4 on three days rest, and it totally backfired as he was pummeled in the first inning against the Rays. And no Garrett Cole, he won't pitch the series opener because he's in line to pitch tomorrow's game, game five of the ALDS. So, I mean, the Yankees have their rotation set. Paxton, Tanaka, Severino. I don't think that's as much of an advantage as you're... you're well, you've got to look at it right now. The first game is going to be the biggest game in Houston if the Houston Astros do end up winning the series because Zach Greinke's the biggest head case in all of Major League Baseball, and if the Yankees could jump on him in the first two, first two or three innings, it's, it's going to be a long night for the Houston Astros. That's one thing I'll tell you right now. And he suffered a thrashing in Game 3 against Tampa. Then you'll look at Cole, who will likely get stuck facing the Yankees in the Bronx assuming Justin Verlander gets game two, then what? Wade Miley and then Granky again in New York? It, it doesn't well, sound good all, for the Houston Astros. It sounds like a disaster, if you want me to be honest. Although Granky is a head case, if you look at him after he got traded to the Astros, he pitched exceptionally well. Yeah, but he, he, got, but he, got, but he got thrashed in the, in the, in the game one. Uh, and, and you and I both know he's a big, big head case, okay? He is a head case, but 
I don't think I think he he does at least a more respectable showing. I do not believe that the Yankees are going to turn around and pummel him again. I think they'll pummel him in the one-off. first inning. If you want me to be honest I with think you, that, uh, I think that the between the three of them, between Verlander, him, and Cole, it's still going to be an uphill battle for the Yanks. Doesn't mean they can't top it, but I don't think that I would be all that exciting about the pitching. I would be much more excited about the Yankees' bats right now, and I think that they're enough to bail out the pitching to get you to your pen. And I think that if the Yankees win, it's going to be a bunch of six fives and seven fours and stuff like that. But I still think that they have a path to do it. Now, if the Astros bats wake up, then it's a little more concerned. But right now, they're hitting they're hitting like garbage. Well, I, they I, hit I, great. I, yeah, a hundred percent, they are hitting like garbage. But now you look on the other hand, if the Tampa Bay Rays are to pull off the upset, which they very well can, they would face a Yankees team. That they've struggled against this season. In 19 regular season meetings, the New York Yankees won 12 of them, outscoring the Tampa Bay Rays 96 to 56. So oh, it, 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 it's it's not going to be easy any which way for the two teams going. And and to be honest with you, I said it from the get go. As soon as Zach Greinke went to Houston in that trade, I said the Houston Astros are winning the World Series. They're the best team in baseball. I this is a funny funny series right here. It wouldn't shock me to see Tampa Bay Rays win this game. Yeah, but I would almost be more concerned about the Rays in a strange way. Not in a not in a matchup. I mean, on paper, obviously the Yankees are far superior. But the Rays are a better conceptual creativity things. team, though. Well, it's one of those stupid things where the Rays forget they're the Rays, and it's how long That's... can they forget they're the Rays? No, because they look like world beaters last night. Yeah, but... <laughs> right. What does and that if even they mean? can do that, they only got to literally put it together for what another fourteen games. And not they're tr- even they're tricky. if they play that well. They're tricky and they're deep, so they can. I mean, I, I mean, I don't really want to see the Rays get there because that's garbage baseball anyway. They're really not that great. It's, uh, I would they're much not rather flashy, watch the but they're, play. but they're tricky they're, and they're they have a scrappy, everything. scrappy team that just finds ways to win. They have everything. They have pitching depth. They have versatility. They Who, have the who's the manager of the Rays? Kevin Cash. It is Kevin Cash. They have a, he's who's the yeah, best young manager play for the Rays or something. The best young manager in baseball right now. They have a lot of... Is he up for manager of the year? He should be. I I was going to say he should be. I think he should win. Now, the other thing, too, and this is very important for postseason baseball, too, pitchers are pitching in different spots now. There's not really straight closers. There's not really straight starters anymore. We've seen the Nationals do it with their, their starters coming out of the bullpen. And the Rays did it in game four with Blake Snell closing the game. They do that a lot where they have uh, pitchers that can pitch in a lot of different spots. He's too. learning from Joe Madden so throwing in Blake think, Snell last right, night. I think you're gonna you see a lot of that. And same thing with their hitters. They they play different matchups. They they'll play all different lineup combinations. They really keep you guessing. So they're not gonna go down well, that, easy. That's something that managers need to fall out of love with is this whole starting pitcher relief pitcher garbage. Why? Because it worked last year and it worked almost too well. But I don't think those are replicatable results mm. long term. Well, team, and every team's going to try it just because it's the way of baseball now, where they're building. It's in vogue. They're building a lot more depth, so it's not going to work for everybody. Obviously, because only one team can win the World Series every year. But it's becoming a formula that is changing pitching, where you don't have as many set closers. You're going to have set starters throughout the year and even during the playoffs. But you're also going to have like I was saying with the Nationals, like I was saying with Tampa, and the Braves have done it. I know there's there's teams that have done it. Starters are coming out of the bullpen more just in key spots because key spots can happen all throughout the game. 
Yeah. yeah. I mean, again, I think it's trendy. I think that you're going to see a couple of key people get burned. So, by l- so let me ask you this. Of course, but it's going to still happen. Snug, let me ask you this. Who's winning tomorrow night for them? Wow. I think the Astros get it done. I think they. I think they've got too much talent behind. Or I got. They've got too much talent in the batter's box. They can't all be that ice cold forever. I mean, they've got a murderer's row lined up there, and so at least a couple of the bats wake up. I don't think that they're going to look like uh, the, you know the second coming or whatever. They're not going to look like the 2018 Red Sox, but <laughs> I mean, they're. Uh. I think they. they I think that I think you're watching two teams though. I think watching the Braves right now trailing eleven to one with a man on second base. Eleven to nothing. <sighs> I'm sorry, eleven to nothing. Oh, you're right. Um, and I think the, the the Rays. I think next year you could see those two very easily. Uh, I think both those teams mature this year. I think they get a little better. It's going to be interesting to see who wins the Garrett Cole sweepstakes. I know the I Rays won't win. I but think the New York Yankees are going to win that sweepstakes. Uh, I don't think so. Of course, you're going to. I think you're going to. I think they might say that because you're you're a Boston Red Sox fan. He's going to the Red Sox. (laughs) No, he's not going to the Red Sox. He's going to go the. He's going to go back to Southern California. Yeah, you're high. I would not be surprised if the The Dodgers Dodgers paid for him, and I would not be surprised. Dodgers can't afford him. They'll be way over the luxury tax. They don't really need starting pitching. They need relief pitching. Yeah, but you've got a Kershaw that's getting along in the two. Right, but you have another. Ace really in Walker Bueller now. Yeah, he's pitching really well. Yeah, I think he he's their ace now. Up. And Ryu, we'll see what he is next year. But he had a Cy Young caliber year this year, so he might win this Cy Young. I don't think he will he now, would. but he he's going to be a finalist. Where Joe Madden goes, there's a real good chance that Garrett Cole follows. So, and supposedly what that's all coming together in, in Los Angeles. Why, why, why do you think that? Why do you think that? They've never really been that? interchanged. Oh, I was reading it somewhere on the net, so it's got to be true, right? But supposedly, <laughs> I mean, as long as it's not reported by Earl Marks, I usually believe it if it's on the internet. Who is more so, delusional, Earl or the Beave? Um, well, going back to my theory, the Lenny Dykstra theory, um, it's hard to say that one is more than the other. It, I think it depends on what are we talking about. Are we talking about overall, or are we talking about one particular sport because in football the, god I, earl and the beave are equally delusional they both i mean if you ask both of them the jets and the cowboys are going to play in every super bowl for the next 30 years um if it's overall i would say the beave is more delusional he just i think the beave just has more problems and he just sort of makes up his reality as he goes along so if we could do the socially responsible thing and ban the beef from the show, then I think we would be in good shape. <laughs> oh, Snug. Thank you for the phone call, buddy, but the show is just about over. Oh, well, it's always a pleasure, gentlemen. You both were just looking so handsome today on the scope, I had to call in. And even though it pains me to admit... Don't be a jinx, I will you they- stop? Hey, I want to mush him. Can I mush this time? Can yeah, I, you're, you're, doing, you're, you're doing your best to be the mush right now. No, we have a mush. I'm already. hoping that he can teach me his tricks of mushery, at least for this one time. <laughs> you should just but, f- just say something to, to him on Twitter. <laughs> uh, Vinny, I, he only, only because you shamed him into, into adding me onto his Twitter as a follower. So um, <laughs> perhaps I will try to mush him. We'll see.
You're, I don't know. I yeah. think Vinny cries a lot. I don't want to add to it. So. I, th- I think you should mush him. <laughs> Snug. Well, perhaps Jeff and I will get together on this. <laughs> Thank you, gentlemen. Thanks, Snug. Uh, I love when Snug the Cat calls. All the way from Southern California. Just living his best life. Loves our show. Avid caller, avid listener. It, it's been great. But, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to be it for our show today. We will be back tomorrow at 4 p.m. We, we, we handled a lot today from... Dak Prescott to Baker Mayfield to the Jets offensive line. And then we got into some baseball talk and the New York Yankees and the Houston Astros and whatnot. But again, and the Tampa Bay Rays and the Tampa Bay Rays and a little bit of the Dodgers at the end there. Um, but that is going to be it for our show here at third and long. I'm Matty Caps at Speedy Petey. We will be back tomorrow at 4 p.m. for our Thursday pickup show. We will be live here at 4 p.m. I'm Matty Caps. That's Speedy Petey. See you guys tomorrow. You're you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.